Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERA Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. Eating a variety of healthy foods is the best way for older adults to get the nutrients they need. However, for those who don't get enough vitamins and minerals from their daily diet, a dietary supplement to provide for missing nutrients may be recommended. Today, my guest is Christina Pestana, a licensed dietitian and nutritionist, and she's going to provide information about dietary supplements, including ingredients, health risks, benefits, and how they're regulated. She'll also tell us about the supplements most often recommended for older adults and which ones are not needed. So welcome, Christina, and thanks for joining me today. Good morning. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we want to get started on getting some basic information because I think sometimes the description or the the concept of supplements is a little bit obscure for people. So we need your help here. What are dietary supplements and explain to us what are the different forms that they come in? Of course, Cheryl. And you're absolutely right. There's a lot of like misunderstanding about what a supplement is. People confuse them with medicine. So I think it's a great podcast and a, and a great um, topic that you chose for today. So dietary supplements are products that people consume to supplement their diet. Literally what the word is saying, supplement is to supplement their diet when there's nutrients that are lacking from the foods that someone is eating. Okay. And supplements can come in various forms. They can come as pills, capsules, tablets, powders, liquids, gummies, you name it, almost any type of, um, product can come as a supplement. And I, as you heard in my introduction, and that's one of the reasons why we want to hear more from you, uh, do older adults, are they more likely to need dietary supplements, say, than younger folks or children? What do we need to know about that? Yes. So that is um, actually a really great question, because I do believe that everyone, depending on the stage of life where they're in, we will need specific supplements, okay, depending on the age. So for older adults, we need supplements or older adults need supplements because um, of certain things. So number one, the quality of the, the foods that we're eating nowadays, this decade is completely different from the foods that we used to eat a bunch of years ago. But then also as we age, we have a decreased ability to absorb the nutrients from the foods. So number one, why older adults may need to supplement then uh, older adults usually have a decreased in appetite or have a few uh, restrictions on what foods they can eat. And then there's an increased risk of certain health conditions. For example, let's say an older adult can have osteopenia or osteoporosis. And in that case, you will need to supplement additionally to make sure that you're meeting um, your nutrient needs. Help us understand this, Christina, about a healthy diet. So often, depending on where you are looking or what you're reading, people say, you don't really need any kind of dietary supplement if you eat a healthy diet. All you just need to do is just eat the right foods. Tell us, is that true in all cases or maybe at least in some cases, especially, as I said, since we're talking about older adults, uh, you mentioned already a few examples, but... Even if you eat a healthy diet, maybe a few dietary supplements might be a a good idea? Yeah, so while a healthy diet should ideally provide you with all the nutrients that you need or that someone needs, 
The reality is that the food choices and the quality of soils have been declining in the recent decades. So as a result, we need more nutrients than ever before, making dietary supplements a very important consideration. So for example, the soil depletion can result in lower levels of essential minerals in crops, um, and modern food processing and storage methods can further reduce the nutrient content. So in light of these factors, dietary supplements can def definitely su help supplement or fill the gaps in the nutrient intake. Um, however, it is important to say that supplements should not be relied on as the only re uh, as a replacement for a healthy diet. And my other recommendation is that should, you should always consult with someone that knows about this uh, because supplements, um, and we'll get to that probably in a second, but supplements are not regulated as tightly as medicines are. So it's very difficult for some people to choose and know how to pick the right supplement for them. And I would suspect also that one might even have some difficulty defining what a healthy diet is. Not only do we have lots of information out there about supplements, but what healthy diets are and uh, trying to decide if well, am, do I really have enough fruits and vegetables and grains and to not need dietary supplements? Is that kind of part of the process in terms of of determining whether a dietary supplement is necessary? Is is and we're going to talk about who helps us make that decision. But might that healthcare provider help understand what a healthy diet is as well? Yes. And actually, that's a really great question that we can unpack in many, many different ways. Because, yeah, like what is a healthy diet? Like how do you begin defining a healthy diet? Because I think everyone has very unique and different needs. Maybe what's healthy for you, it's not the same as what is healthy for me. Maybe the portion sizes that you need to eat are not the same that I need to eat. Or if you're male or female, depending on your age um, and just your overall needs. Maybe if you have a chronic condition, your body may be needing more of these nutrients than someone else. So defining healthy diet for someone is extremely, extremely difficult. Of course, someone that knows about this will always tell you, like, make sure that you're adding however many um, servings of fruits and vegetables, however many servings of fiber, um, lean protein, and, you know, specific carbohydrates, like make sure that they're, they're complex carbohydrates that have a ton of fiber in them. But if you want to be 100% certain that your diet is enough, that you're meeting all your nutrient requirements, you may need to go down the testing route. You can definitely test to see if your level levels of nutrients are adequate for you. Um, and there's multiple tests you can do. Nowadays, there's one very famous known test called organic acids test that can see if you have enough of these minerals and nutrients coming from your foods. I believe that is a good segue into what you told us a moment ago about talking with a healthcare provider before taking supplements. And give us a little more information about that. Are we talking about a physician or uh, a nutritionist such as yourself? And why is that important? Is, is it have to do with what supplements, how much to take, how often to take? Give us an overview about why that's so important. Of course. So what I usually recommend people is to definitely talk to someone that knows about supplements and how do you figure out who that someone is. So it's usually a nutritionist or a dietitian. From personal experience, it's not usually doctors because unfortunately they don't, when they go to school, they don't get taught anything regarding nutrition. So unless you're working with a functional doctor, someone that knows a little bit more, usually, usually physicians will not know enough 
about this field. Okay, so yes, in my opinion, it is advisable to talk to a healthcare providers before taking any supplements. And why is that? Because you could have maybe a condition, um, maybe a pre-existing disease, maybe you're taking medications and you'll need to know how they're interacting or what they're causing inside of your body. Um, so yes, I would just suggest that you definitely need to talk to someone that knows enough about this field. Now, you're in a, a, a drugstore. Is that something that someone could find a nutritionist in a drugstore or some other place because you want to talk with the expert? Where do you find these people? Right. And I, and I think that's very, it's an, actually a really great question because before I started working here at my doctor's pharmacy, and then I'm part of a team that's called Juno Wellness, which is inside of our wellness center, we slowly um, started expanding. And then we moved into a very large location. It's beautiful. People can come and visit us. But before that, I've never seen a place where you can actually go in and just meet people that know and are educated, licensed, certified, registered to know about these supplements. So Juno Wellness is very unique in that regard that you can go in and there's usually going to be someone that can help you and guide you on how to pick or select these nutrients. Other than that, I would just recommend maybe speaking with a nutritionist or dietitian and see if they have experience in this field. Um, but that's usually where I would start because I do believe that our location is, is very special in that regard. And are there websites or places that people can find those? I mean, this program might be broadcast all over the country. So is there a website that people can find nutritionists? So yes, there's many websites where nutritionists can advertise their services. One, for example, is called healthprofs.com. That can be one. People can also find me in there. But if not, I would just do either a quick Google search around your area, or you can always um, log into your insurance, and then they may be able to also provide a network of dietitians or nutritionists that are covered within, within your network. And then you can, I usually, that's usually how I begin. Okay. Well, I want to get back because we've been talking now about supplements. And you mentioned a moment ago about regulation. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that because we want to think about the safety aspects of supplements. So let's first get some more information about the Food and Drug Administration. Does the FDA regulate dietary supplements, uh, obviously, to protect the public's health? That's honestly a fantastic question, Cheryl. So the FDA does not regulate dietary supplements in the same way uh, that it regulates drugs. Unlike drugs, which must undergo rigorous testing to obtain an FDA approval before being sold. That's usually what happens. With supplements, with dietary supplements, they do not require pre-market approval from the FDA in order to be on people's shelves. So what happens? Okay, so the FDA does provide guidelines for supplement manufacturers regarding good quality practices. So they do have some type of um, guidelines that are called GMPs. They offer some label requirements and other issues, but people can honestly do whatever they want. So you and I can sit down and we can put a supplement together and we can put it in the market and the FDA does not routinely inspect or audit supplement manufacturers to ensure compliance with these good manufacturing processes, with these GMPs. So the lack of strict regulation and standardization across supplement brands can make it very difficult to, for consumers to know what they are getting. Um, and this is why it's really important for consumers to research and know about supplements before even considering taking them. 
And so there is no assurances then that the supplement is of good quality or the manufacturer's claims are true. You can read a label, but if you don't know, what's your guarantee that you're taking something that's safe? Well, that, that is correct and that is scary. That's why you need to make sure that you talk to someone who knows a little bit about this. You need to know how to select the right product for you. So that's usually looking into the good practices of the companies that you're working with, getting to know the team that's behind it, getting to know the claims that they're offering, not only reading their, their label, but then also going a step beyond, seeing if they have what's called a certificate of analysis, so you can know exactly what's inside the batch. Um, you can also look for third-party verification seals, okay? That's usually what people go for. See if there are seals that can help you verify that the quality, the quality of the supplement is there. And there's also third-party organizations that also analyze the supplement quality. So there's actually companies that do that. They go in, they inspect the product, they open it up, they analyze it, and then they come up, they release reports for the public to see. So yes, I would not, my, let's say that the FDA would not be my, my point of contact, my first go-to when trying to figure out if a supplement that you're going to take is of good quality or not. And I'm wondering now, given what you just said, are there certain types of ingredients that are used in dietary supplements? I mean, given the broad range of what you told us a little bit earlier, might there be something unusual that might be included in a dietary supplement? Uh, I would assume whatever the use is for a, a supplement would determine the ingredients, but maybe there's some basic information we should know. Yes, so usually what you would find inside a supplement are vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, probiotics, or herbs. That's what you should find. Then on top of that, when you start reading the other ingredients, then you'll see that they, there may be fillers. Okay, because sometimes the capsule may be empty. Let's say they only fill up the capsule halfway with a specific vitamin, and then the rest, they need to fill it up with something else. So that's when the other ingredient section from the bottle comes in, just making sure that you can read those ingredients too. And again, you may not know what those are, so uh, it can be scary. And in fact, taking that one step further, Christina, help us know more about the health risks of, of taking dietary supplements. I'm thinking, first of all, we're talking about older adults here, so they may be taking other prescription medications, so that might be a factor. There could be side effects that uh, older adults could get as a result of taking this Tell us more about that aspect of, you know, the decision to take uh, dietary supplements. Yes, definitely. So like, just like you mentioned, there are um, certain health risks that could come when you're taking a supplement. Okay. So let's just talk about these in a little bit. So when, first of all, supplements can definitely interact with medications. That's why to me, it's critical that someone especially if you're older, you talk to someone that knows about this so they can help you and point to you to see if there's any interactions with any prescription medication that you're on. For example, um, St. John's wort is a very common herb that people take for depression, but then they can also interact with antidepressants, breath controls, and blood thinners. Okay, another example, like calcium and iron. These minerals can interfere with antibiotics, thyroid hormones, 
and osteoporosis medication. So you just need to make sure that you know exactly what you're taking and the drugs that you're on to make sure that there's no interaction. So that's one of the, the health risks. The second one can be side effects. For example, let's say if you're taking high doses of vitamin A, maybe they can cause liver damage, okay, or central nervous system problems. So we need to make sure that if you are supplementing with vitamin A, we know the right dose for that person. Um, or vitamin D, for example, high doses may cause hypercalcemia, which can lead also to kidney damage, okay? And just a side note to this, even though I am mentioning that if you're consuming these high doses, they can lead to disease, in my personal experience, I usually see the opposite. I just see people that don't take enough and then I see a lot of conditions that can also arise from not taking enough or being undernourished. Okay, and then the third is just the toxicity from excess amount of any of these nutrients. For example, maybe iron. You know, if you don't eat iron, then your body's gonna have ex extra buildups of this and the body does not have any mechanism to get rid of the excess iron. So toxicity can be another, another health risk from taking supplements. And if that happens and, and a consumer does have some kind of a health-related reaction or... Uh, adverse event is the best thing to do is to report it to the FDA, go back and s tell your doctor, what should they do? That, that's a great question too. So the number one thing that I would do is honestly talk to your doctor or to your healthcare provider. Let's say if you're talking with a doctor and a nutritionist, I would inform the two to see how they can help you um, get rid of the side effect, the excess, or the interactions. On top of that, if you feel you also, you can also submit a, a claim through the FDA. So they have what's called a MedWatch program, and then that process involves filling out a form and then submitting it online or by mail. So if you have any um, health-related reactions or adverse events, you can definitely also report it to the FDA. And I'm wondering, I, I was thinking about the fact that you said uh, there can be interactions and side effects. I'm also wondering if maybe if an older adult starts on a supplement, when to stop it? I mean, because this isn't getting prescribed like a, a medication. You can keep going to the drugstore and buy another bottle and another bottle. Can that also be a factor insofar as problems with taking supplements that you don't know when to stop? You think, well, maybe I should do this for a little while. I'm thinking particularly during uh, COVID, I think some people actually read someplace where vitamin D was really good to prevent COVID. I'm not sure there was any scientific evidence to prove that, but um, just wondering, and of course, we knew that, I believe that was not the case, but help us understand a little bit more about the length of time to take a supplement as well. Good, you, you have a lot of great questions, Cheryl. So let me see if I can unpack, unpack this in many different ways. So number one is understanding if you are going through an acute condition or through a chronic condition. For example, COVID was more acute, you know, like a one-time thing, what do I do for COVID, like a cold, like a flu. Okay, so if that's the case, you can probably take supplements for a very short period of time to help your body maybe give the right ammunition that it needs to fight off certain conditions or diseases. But then the latter one is if you have something chronic, let's say you have diabetes or high cholesterol or osteoporosis, maybe in that case, you will need to take supplements for a longer period of time 
because those conditions are not going anywhere. You know, so it just depends. Number one is making sure that you know what type of condition you're dealing with, acute or chronic. And then the second thing that you need to know also is, is, is that there's labs that can also help you um, kind of point you to see if you need to get more or less of specific nutrients. You just mentioned vitamin D. My advice is for people to go to their doctors, healthcare providers, and then see if they can get a, a panel of vitamin D so then we can know the levels. And then depending on your levels, we can see if you need to take more or less of that specific nutrient. So I would al always rely on blood work for that and then making sure that you understand your condition and if it's acute or if it's chronic. Again, can a person also, since you usually buy supplements in a drugstore or some kind of health food store, is there anybody there? I'm thinking more of the pharmacist. Can you ask that person too as to you know, some of these questions about uh, a dietary supplement, would they be able to, to help guide you? Yes, I definitely hope so. You know, like if you ever go to a health store, I think you should always ask the person who's in charge of that area and, and just not even challenge them, but just ask, you know, like it's your right to know what you're putting in your body. So ask, ask about the quality of the ingredients that they're offering in their product. Ask about the dose ask again they may not be able to go into too much detail because if you want a personalized recommendation specifically for you you may need a consultation so they can have your clinical history but i don't see the reason why they can't talk to you about quality for example of the product that's in front of you and that to me is the most important thing when looking for a product for a supplement it's the number one thing is you need to make sure that there's they are made of good quality ingredients well we're going to take a short break right now, uh, in case you tuned in late. We're talking about dietary supplements today, and our guest is Christina Pistana, who is a licensed dietitian and nutritionist. She's given us a lot of good information uh, about that already, and we're going to be talking more in the second half. But you are listening to WERA Arlington 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're having a great discussion about dietary supplements here with Christina Pestana, a licensed dietitian and nutritionist. And I wanted to hear more, and I'm sure our listeners do too, Christina, about looking at a label. I mean, if there's anything that we can do to educate ourselves about dietary supplements, obviously it's looking at the label. So help us learn more about what's What's on a label and what should we look for to at least increase our chances of getting something that is good for us and, um, you know, we can trust? Of course. Um, so let's just start to understand and analyze a label. You know, that's the question that I get asked most frequently. 
So let's say you pick up a product and how do I know if this is a good product or not? How do I know if I put it back on the shelf or get it and take it home with me? So number one is read the name of the product. You know, if it starts making like false claims, this is, this is going to be your weight loss. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's, um, guaranteeing something, then you know that that's a mis misleading product. So I don't know if you want to, uh, go down that route. So if it's promising anything, I would, that's the first thing in the name. I would probably put the product down. The second thing is, um, to know the amount that's being served of each of the different ingredients. I usually shy away. I stay away from products that say proprietary blend because you don't know what's inside. You don't know how much of each of the ingredients is actually in there. They can maybe give you a list of 20 ingredients and you don't know, for example, curcumin, turmeric, that's the ingredient that you may be looking for the most because you're, look you're looking for an anti-inflammatory product. You don't know if they're just putting like very infinite amount, okay? Like very, very small amounts of that product. So I would sh stay away from anything that says proprietary blend, okay? Third, you need to know that there's a serving size and how much ingredients per the serving size. And um, also making sure that you know the name and the place of business of the manufacturer. So that's the very basic. Now, if we want to start looking into quality, okay? Like what do we, what do we search for in a product? So you can start looking for seals, okay? There's different seals, like third-party seals that can guarantee that there's quality in them. So seals that you can, you can sometimes find in these products include NSF International or one that's called USP. It stands for US Pharmacopenia. So these are just two seals out of many, but these are very common, the ones that you would find at specific supplements. The next would be if you look, if you read something that's, that says standardized, okay? Standardized just means that all the batches are exactly the same. So if you buy one B-complex this time, the next time you buy, it's going to be exactly the same because there's going to be mechanisms in place to make sure that they're standard from one to the next to the next batch. Um, what else? I always tell people to turn the bottle, not just look for the name, but also look at the ingredients. You need to make sure that you know how to read all the ingredients that are in the bottle. Let me just give you an also very quick example. Omega fish oil, omega-3 fish oil. It's going to say in the label, omega-3 fish oil, but you need to actually turn the bottle and look for specific things. When I'm looking for a good omega-3, I want to make sure that it's as concentrated as it comes. So you need to make sure that when you're reading it, it has several milligrams of the fish oil. And then I'm also looking for the two most anti-inflammatory omegas. So I tell, tell people, let's turn the bottle, let's read and let's find EPA and DHA. Those are the two most anti-inflammatory omegas. If you don't see those listed in the ingredients, don't even pick up the bottle because you have no idea what's in it. It can be some other type of fish oil, but you definitely don't want it. And then between the two, you want to make sure that at least they give you 1,000 milligrams of fish oil. You want to make sure that it's concentrated because if it's not concentrated and the capsule is it's still large, you can guarantee that there's going to be fillers inside. So you want to make sure that you can get as much as the ingredient and as little of the fillers as you can. Okay, so it's just knowing how to read the ingredients is extremely, extremely important. Um, and I think that's that's usually where, where I tell people to begin, making sure that you can read the label, reading that there's no guarantees, okay, on anything. They can't ever guarantee that you're going to lose weight on a specific product. Reading the ingredients, place of manufacturing, 
and um, and then there, if there's any seals, third-party seals. And a couple of other things that come to mind, oftentimes on the label, there's a, an indication of recommended dietary allowance, which means that somehow, well, you know that. Uh, is, is that accurate? I mean, might I need have the same dietary uh, allowance for lysine as somebody else? How do we know that those labels are accurate? Okay, yes. And that's actually another fantastic question because, yeah, there's a lot of debate on how to read these RDA. So first of all, let's let's define it. Like RDA is a recommended dietary allowance. And what does that mean? That's the average daily intake of a nutrient considered to be sufficient to meet the need of a healthy individual. Okay, so what does this mean? That probably that RDA that they're giving you is the average number of milligrams that you need if you're healthy, but it does not go into any more depth. It does not tell you the gender, it does not tell you the age group, and it does not tell you that if you are maybe having a specific condition, you may need to supplement additionally. So that's why the RDA, to me, it's a baseline, and it's a it's a fairly decent baseline, okay? Everyone should start from an RDA, but I do not think that that's what people should be aiming for, especially if, they're, if we're older adults, if you have any chronic conditions going on, um, or if... Let's say if you're a male, you would usually also need a little bit more than what's listed in the RDAs. Given what you just said, then if I'm an older adult, which I am, how can I learn what my daily nutritional needs for supplements are? Who is it again? Is it going to be the pharmacist or my nutritionist? If I can find one, where am I going to find this information? So the first place where I would look for is you can just also do a quick Google search and there's going to be tables listing the different RDAs by gender and by age. So you can begin looking into that. Okay, let's say that, I don't know, let's say vitamin C, probably the RDA is going to be different from for someone who's 10 years old from that from someone that who's 60 years old and also different from someone who's male than female. So you can definitely start there and those tables are public and you can find them anywhere. Okay, you can just do a quick Google search RDA for vitamin C depending on my age and gender and it'll it'll pop up. That's the first thing. But then second, cuz again, that's also just a daily average for healthy individuals. So it does not guarantee that that's probably the dose that you may need. So if you do want more information, I always suggest you talk to someone that knows, probably a nutritionist that's trained in supplements, someone that's outpatient, okay? Usually if you're also inside a hospital, they dietitians at a hospital are not necessarily trained in supplements to, to this depth, okay? So just finding someone who can guide you, who can teach you, at Juno Wellness, my doctor's pharmacy, we have those providers. We have people who are licensed, registered, certified, who know about the importance of quality and who know about this. And then usually what we recommend, if you want to know exactly what you're needing, what you may need is let's sit down, let's have a consultation, let's unpack your health history, let's unpack your diet, how much are you eating, the quality of the ingredients, maybe let's analyze your labs, let's look at your blood work, and then from that, we can probably be able to give you a personalized protocol based on your specific needs. And I'm wondering if someone 
needs to go to uh, to see a dietitian or a nutritionist is is this type of dietary t- counseling is that covered by Medicare or other insurance? Is there some encouragement that people get this counseling and might they actually have to pay for it? Yeah, so Medicare and some insurance companies, some insurance plans will cover. Uh, dietary counseling for certain conditions. So it just depends on the insurance that you have, but it also depends if the provider that you're working with is credentialed to accept that insurance. So in our specific case, right now we are in the process of getting credentialed, but at the moment, because we practice very differently, we take a long time, like our consultations are very deep and in-depth. We'll go in-depth into like so many different um, aspects of your life that we Currently, at the moment, we are not accepting insurance um, for this type of service, but not saying that you can't probably find someone who who will accept insurance for for these types of services. Okay, well, I do. In fact, as I was preparing these questions, I did find, in fact, there was even a reference in a, an AARP email that I got that there are certain vitamins and minerals that are recommended for older adults. So talk a little bit more about that, Christina. Which which ones are those? Um, uh, how should they be taken? Are there food sources? We could probably get into that. But I also wanted to ask an, a, a part of the question, are there certain brands that are better than others? I mean, that's the other thing that it's it kind of makes your eyes glaze over when you go to a drugstore and you see all these different brands and you go, well, should I take this? Should I take that? Help us know more about which ones, the vitamins and minerals, we could take, and that would be okay. Let me just begin this um, question by saying that, remember that this is only for educational purposes, and um, the information that I'm providing, don't take it as a medical advice. So even though I am going to talk about certain vitamins and minerals that older adults should, should take, just keep in mind that I would still talk to a healthcare provider because um, this information is only for educational purposes. It's not meant to treat, cure, or diagnose any disease. So let's just talk about the ones that I usually see older adults taking, okay, with frequency. So number one would be a multivitamin. Multivitamin is extremely important. It's a mix of different nutrients, uh, vitamins, minerals that people are just lacking from their daily dietary intake. So I would definitely begin with a multivitamin. Second, what I usually recommend is a good omega-3. Good omega-3, making sure that it has um, at least 1,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA, the most anti-inflammatory omegas, um, and then making sure that you know that you... We will also need to know what drugs you're on because they do could pose some risk to people who are taking blood thinners, for example. That's why it's extremely important for us to know um, what medicines you're on so we can help you look at the drug nutrient interactions. Okay. So omega three, but also extremely, extremely important for brain health, for heart health, for inflammation in general. Then, um, we usually recommend vitamin D. We believe that where we live, okay, Northeast, we don't get enough sunlight half of the year and people just don't go outside as frequently as they need. So we see very, very low levels of vitamin D usually when people run their lab tests. Um, and vi- remember that vitamin D is extremely important for the immune system, for overall health, and also for your bones. So vitamin D would also be a go-to. Depending on, again, if the person's taking certain medications or not, we may recommend vitamin D with K2, 
because K2 can also help with absorption of this vitamin. Um, another one that we recommend is B12. B12 is also essential for nerve function and healthy red blood cells, making sure that your whole body is being oxygenated with the oxygen that's coming, that's getting to you from, from your blood. Um, and what happens with B12 is that as people start aging, we have a harder time absorbing B12 because you need a lot of stomach acid for B12 to get absorbed. And as we age, we know that our stomach acid begins to decline and it's just a little bit more complicated to absorb this vitamin. And on top of that, the sources of B12 include things like meat, fish, um, eggs, chicken, dairy, and um, older adults usually don't get enough of these as, as they used to do before because they, they just describe this as eating it and they feel they have rocks in their stomach. They can't digest it as well. So we definitely need to see if we can supplement with B12 um, just to make sure that you have healthy levels of that vitamin. Um, let's see. I also recommend, depending on, again, the person's needs, maybe magnesium or calcium. Calcium is very important also for bone health and for teeth. So someone who has osteopenia or osteoporosis can definitely benefit from calcium. Um, you can get calcium from many sources like dairy, but you can also get it from leafy greens, few vegetables and fortified foods. And magnesium is also a very, very important mineral that older adults need because it's one of these minerals that um, acts in over 300 different reactions in the body. So magnesium is needed for almost anything. So it helps people calm down, relax, recover from uh, recover after exercise, also for muscle aches. So magnesium is like kind of involved in everything in the body. Uh, just a quick side note on these two minerals, calcium and magnesium should be usually taken away from the rest of the, of the vitamins because you want to make sure that they have enough time and space to be absorbed on their own. So usually if someone is taking multivitamin, omega, B12, I usually try and have those taken in the morning and then larger elements like calcium and magnesium, I usually try and people have those taken at night. So that's one part of the question. What was the second piece of the question that you asked? You're kind of getting into it, and that is that which vitamins and minerals should not be taken together. But I think that, uh, uh, was there any other ones that, that you indicate that you need to be careful about as to when you take it? during the day and with food, without, with water, without? Sure. Okay. So let's just, let's just go over that. Like when to take them and if to take them with food or without food. So multivitamin, you usually take them in the morning, no later than, than lunch, because a few of these multivitamins can have B vitamins. B vitamins tend to give people energy. So we want to make sure that we take them before that. So then you can have a, a restful sleep and then multivitamin, take it with food because sometimes there's um, fat-soluble vitamins in the multivitamins and you need a transporter to help the vitamin get into your cell. So multivitamin, morning, with food. Omega-3, also, you can take it in the morning with also a food. You need a fat, a fatty food to also help your, the vitamin be absorbed into your body. So you get, I usually just recommend people take an omega with their breakfast. Just make sure that you add some type of fatty food into your breakfast. So it could be nuts, seeds, um, avocado, eggs, anything that has a little bit of, of fat to help you absorb the vitamin. Then uh, B12, also take it with food. Okay, you can take it anytime during the day, but just make sure that you're taking it with the food. 
Vitamin D, same. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, so it also needs food. It needs a fat a carrier to also help it go inside of your cell. So also take it with food. So that would be my morning combo, okay? And then calcium and magnesium, I would separate those from the other vitamins, and you can take those at night, okay? You can take those at night just before going to bed. You can take your calcium or your magnesium. And then um, which ones should not be taken together? So just like I mentioned, calcium and magnesium, try and get them away from other smaller vitamins. So try and see if you can take them at night. Um, vitamin E and vitamin K, a few fat-soluble vitamins should not be taken together in very high doses. Okay, but, it, but if they're small doses, I think they're completely fine. And then iron, um, it's better if taken away from other vitamins and minerals. Okay, preferably on empty stomach. Iron is one of them, um, one of these vitamins that can interact with a lot of different things like fiber, calcium, phytates, like whole grains and legumes. So um, these things can interfere with iron absorption. So if you're iron deficient anemia, make sure that you know exactly when to take the iron. You can take it with vitamin C, for example, that enhances absorption and take it on an empty stomach. Okay. Wow. Lots of important information. We'll have to listen to this program several times just to to get all of those uh, taken at the right time. We'll have to lay them out. I wanted to turn to some other kinds of supplements that we often see, uh, one of them being antioxidants. Uh, what, what are those? What are common sources? And you do always hear about it affects the aging process. So what do we need to know about antioxidants? Yes, antioxidants are really one of my favorite um, supplements, okay? Antioxidants are substances that protect cells from damage caused by free radicals, okay? So common sources of antioxidants include vitamin C, vitamin E, beta carotene, which is a precursor of vitamin A, selenium, NAC, glutathione. There's many um, substances that can act as antioxidants, but what, what are they, you know? So um, as we age, so we... Sorry, let me start this, this little piece again. So oxidative stress is believed to be one of the mechanisms underlying the aging process. So as we age, our bodies gradually lose the ability to repair the damage that was caused by free radicals. So that can lead to buildup of oxidative damage in our cells and in our tissues. Okay, so let's say that we are exposed to toxins on a daily basis. You know, we are exposed to... Um, we are exposed to um, chemicals, we are exposed to laundry detergent, we are exposed to cleaning um, materials, we are exposed to makeup, we are exposed to different lotions, creams, you name it, that's gonna go into our bodies and then your body needs to get rid of those, okay? So that can cause a lot of oxidative stress. So as we age, okay, your body does not have the abilities to kind of regenerate those damages that were caused by these oxidative particles, these free radicals. So antioxidants are like the perfect match for those because your antioxidants are going to travel and then are going to make sure that they can neutralize these free radicals that were happening in your cell. Um, let me see. Antioxidants fight oxidation by neutralizing free radicals. And um, there's evidence to suggest that increasing antioxidant intake can help mitigate some of the effects of oxidative stress and slow down the aging process. 
However, there's of course like anything more research needed, but I do think that um, taking antioxidants is a really good practice, okay? Especially as we are aging, because as we age, we just don't have enough tools to kind of regenerate the cells. And as we're getting older, more of us need antioxidants all the time. So we'll remember that, what you told us. I also wanted to ask you about botanicals and herbal supplements. Uh, explain what those are and are they useful? Are they safe? Tell us more. Yes. So examples of botanicals and herbal supplements include things like echinacea, ginkgo, ashwagandha, curcumin, holy basil, St. John's wort. So you probably heard of a few. Um, so there is a whole different area and maybe we can dive a little bit deeper into this topic on a separate podcast, Cheryl, because there are herbalists who specialize in this, you know, like how do herbs, um, act or interact with different drugs, nutrients in your body, but they, um, they are safe. Okay. You just need to also know the clinical history of the person, what drugs are on and see how they are interacting. So uh, while some botanicals have shown potential health benefits, they can also have side effects and interact with other, other medications. So you just need to be extremely careful of what herbs you are putting in your body as well. Quality matters, dosage matters, and then knowing your history, your chronic diseases, and your, um, and your drugs are also extremely important for you deciding if you need to take a, an herbal or not. So guidance seems to be the watchword there before just starting to take something. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That's correct. And um, talking about that, we also have an herbalist in, in our location. So we also have a clinical herbalist certified, and she'll be the best point of contact if anyone wants to come in and ask her specific questions about how much should I take? Which ones of these should I take? What's the quality on these supplements? Um, she's a really great resource that we have inside of Juno Wellness as well. But yes, you always need guidance as to how and when and what supplement, what herbal supplement you should take. And by the way, does Juno Wellness have a website? We do. We do. Thank you for bringing that up. So our website is Juno Wellness, J-U-N-O wellness.com. And then inside the website, you can find a ton of resources and then you can always book appointments. And under the appointments, you'll see a little call sign and then you can book actually free um, introductory calls with any of the providers inside of this space. So you can call, you can book a call with the herbalist. You can book a call with our licensed nutritionist and it's just an introductory call. It can be done through um, telehealth or through the phone, and it's just free of charge if you need additional information. Well, I have a couple more questions. Uh, we're getting close to the end of the interview, but uh, one, again, we're always trying to think of ways to stay healthy as we get older. What about fish oil? Does that help prevent heart disease and the decline of brain function? I think we all want to know the answer to that question. I know, right? So fish oil is actually my favorite supplement. I love it. I take it every single day. So fish oil may help reduce the risk of heart disease and also improve brain function, okay? Uh, the benefit of fish oil, that it, it's that it is very anti-inflammatory. And us in the United States, we eat a very inflammatory diet. Like our, our diet is very, yeah, it's very inflammatory. Our standard American diet is full of 
processed foods. It's full of simple carbohydrates, very easy to break down and you have blood glucose spikes. So this is the perfect match for someone who eats that type of diet and honestly everyone else, because again, you want to make sure that you're protecting the cells in your brain and you're protecting the cells in your heart. Um, so that's why it's honestly my favorite supplement. It's the one that I could not live without and I take it every single day. And is that in like a capsule? If listeners are interested in where to get that, is it in a capsule? Where, where would they find it? Sure. So fish oil. So there's many sources, let's say, for example, if you want to do, if you want to go down the food route, you can find omega-3s in fatty fish, like sardines, salmon, um, cod. Okay. So that's one. Then you can also find fish oil. If you're looking for a supplement, there's usually liquid and then there's usually gel caps. So the capsules is going to be filled with this liquid. I like to how do I select my fish oil? So just like we mentioned before, make sure that you can read the ingredients. I like it to be inside an, a glass bottle because it reduces the risk of oxidation. And then I also like to keep it in the fridge or away from sunlight, just so it also decreases the risk of any oxidation happening. You don't wanna, since you're taking something that's gonna help you with inflammation, it's anti-inflammatory, you wanna make sure that it's not oxidized by any means. So that's why, I just look for glass and I keep it away from humid places, sunlight, and my favorite spot is just the fridge. One question that I also wanted to ask you, and um, that has to do with people who are taking statins. Oftentimes the cardiologist or even the uh, primary care physician will recommend taking CoQ10. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that what is the interaction between a person taking statin and why CoQ10 is, is important? Yes, so it's extremely important and very recommended. And I'll tell you why. It's because when you your body creates cholesterol, okay? Your body is in charge. Even though people think that you can only intake cholesterol from your diet, it's actually the other way around. Like you intake a bunch of different carbohydrates or fats, but then your body is in charge of producing this cholesterol in your body. So there's a cascade of different things that you are producing. And alongside that cascade, the final product after your body is producing cholesterol is CoQ10. And CoQ10 is extremely important for your heart, for your energy. So when you're taking a statin, you're telling your body, don't produce more cholesterol. So when you're stopping the cholesterol production, you're also stopping the production of CoQ10. That's why it's extremely important um, for people to take a CoQ10 supplement if they are taking a statin. Okay. The final question, if again, you want to uh, give us any recommended resources uh, regarding dietary supplements, especially if we live outside of the Washington, D.C. area, what should our listeners know? Yes. So to begin, you can always visit our website, which is junowellness.com. We ship nationwide and all the supplements that we have in our website and in our, our store are professional brand supplements. So these are supplements that can only be sold to a healthcare provider who has knowledge and understanding about supplements. That's number one resource. Then there's also third-party um, research agencies that also do a good job at carrying or releasing reports about supplement quality. So these resources include one website, which is called Emerson Ecologics. They're also really good. They only... They have like a quality program and they only sell products that are um, professional, okay? Then there's one that's called consumerlab.com. 
they also they're also an organization that tests and evaluates dietary supplements and other healthcare products for quality and for purity. So you can also rely on them. They also release a different um, reports on quality of different vitamins and minerals. And there's another another company called Labdoor. And they're also a third-party testing and certification company that evaluates different dietary supplements. So those are usually my three go-tos other than our website, which it's already vetted by us, uh, licensed and registered dietitians, uh, which will give you information about quality and purity of the different ingredients that are inside of different supplements. Okay. Well, I want to thank Christina Pistana, licensed dietitian and nutritionist for joining me today. Thank you, Christina. You've provided a lot of really important information. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. And in case you want to learn more about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And of course, you can find out about all of our Aging Matters radio programs, as well as TV show content, and of course, also the podcasts, which are found on Apple and Spotify. So be sure and check out that website. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media. And you can learn more about that company at inkmouthmedia.com. So thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. 